the Nerdbook Review. And Chris. Yay! We are back. Uh, this little intro, um, we're going to kind of do a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Recap of things that have happened the last couple of months. So, Chris, how have you been since we haven't recorded? I have been good. Um, I guess the biggest excitement for me was that uh, my wife and I went to Belize yeah. for a couple of weeks. That was a lot of fun. We went and did uh, we did some service work at a, an elementary school. We hung out with uh, with kids and helped them with their English. And then we also did quite a bit of the touristy stuff and other cultural immersion type yeah. activities. Yeah, it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun. And like you said, you guys did some service stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. um, And that was with Boise State University, right? Um, it was through a, pro, uh, a company called Global Service Partnerships, I think is what they're called. Uh, and they are because or- they're organized by a Boise State alumni. And so oh, cool. that's kind of where we found it. But I think they aren't exactly... I got a you. part of the school, yeah, yeah, but and that's a that's a cool way to to be able to go down and after you guys got done with the service element, you still got to go and have like an actual vacation part of it. Yeah, we and still did. I mean, we still experienced Mayan ruins and some of the some of the caving and uh, what else did we do? We did snorkeling out on their reef. Um, yeah, we toured a hot sauce factory. Uh, <laughs> we went to an open mic night at a library. Oh, man. <laughs> which was pretty interesting, a little uh, peek into the current culture. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, you guys had a good experience with your uh, caving, right? Yes, yeah, we that's, did. That's uh, Katie and I on our honeymoon uh, years ago. went. Uh, we were in Belize for a couple days, and the five or ten minutes after we got into the underground cave system floating every single one of the batteries started going out and within <laughs> in the headlamps like, in the headlamps <laughs> and within about 15 minutes we had zero headlamps on and our guide luckily like was really experienced and he's like well this you know the one we're in like there's no points where like the this you know stalactites stalagmites which everyone goes down wasn't mm-hmm. going to hit you in the head so they're like yeah. we're just going to keep floating like that's really all we can do <laughs> so we spent like the next two hours in absolute darkness it was mm-hmm. like like an immersion tank only you're like wow this is <laughs> this is a little <laughs> you might hit something and... <laughs> yeah it was kind of crazy but anyways but other oh than and that, uh, just just so you know in, in the future stalactites hang tight to the ceiling. Ah, there we are. Boom. I'm glad you guys had a uh, good time on the trip. The, uh, anything else coming up exciting anytime new in the future? Not really. Yeah. Get back to, uh, to reading. And you've been yeah. doing a ton of reading still in this last yeah. couple of months. Yeah, it's been fun to kind of get some of the things uh, that you know we might not do a review on, yeah. but still read uh, anyway, or things that you've already done reviews on. I, yeah. I read the... What is it? Broken Empire. Oh yeah, and what do yeah, you think of it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good. That's yeah. that's some. Um, it's a bit funny too because we, uh, you know, Katie read the first one and didn't love it, mm-hmm. and then uh, Danny and Greg, who um, I actually just recorded an episode with for their podcast on mm-hmm. Friday night, they they weren't big fans either of the first book, and mm-hmm. so it's been kind of funny. Like, but I read the whole all three books at once. You know, yeah. when they when the that first trilogy came out. Um, I think it was one of those like deals where you buy the first book was like ninety nine cents or a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. When the third one had come out and the second one, so then I just bought all three of them because I actually really loved it, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think it got better as it went on, so I could see how the first one might not, might not really grab you, but. Yeah, but if you read but, them all, you know, at once too. Yeah, like, as, I think as was, one solid thing. Yep. Uh, well, I read uh, the ties that bind. Oh, yeah. Days. Yeah, you uh, finished on Spiffbo. Winner. winner yeah was, and how would you like the rest of it uh, that was really good and is it, so that was a trilogy right so right. basically a prequel uh, well, yeah no. it takes place before yeah. uh before the why where hair uh, where, where loyalties lie yeah <laughs> the the yeah the hair is something of the heresy for the yeah the duology yep. yep and so you know that was a good question um or something that i really want to ask then is do you think it would have uh um helped out to have read the uh the trilogy first um I, you know, I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there is a little bit of uh, crossover, crossover of characters, uh, uh, some in bigger roles than yeah. others. But uh, I don't think that it was. I don't think that it was necessary yeah. for it. But now that I've read it, I kind of do want to re revisit. Uh, yeah. where loyalties lie, and yeah, that was funny because that was one thing um, I talked about with. I can't even, you know, I honestly can't even remember who it was that I was talking with that had read the book as well. And, but they were um, kind of disappointed 
that uh, they hadn't read the trilogy before, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, you know, I don't understand the deal with the the girl, who, the lady who has the gun." Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not like, if you didn't like the Witcher series or whatever his, you know, his basis that I was on, mm-hmm. um, where like she's like, well, what's the deal with like why why are the guns why is she with her magic and gunpowder like yeah. so powerful and so scary to the people? I, they're like, well, then I went back and read that, and it did matter to me, but I just didn't know. I think that maybe if you have a little bit of that background with the 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 books or the you know the other like lore that he kind of based it on, sure. then it was something that didn't really make a difference to me. Yeah. So, anywho, um, <laughs> I feel like I just kind of rambled on for a little bit there, but um, yeah. So, as you guys probably know, um, if you've followed us on Facebook or Twitter, uh, Katie and I moved. So that was a uh, um, between like getting the house ready to show and then living with my parents for a few weeks, and then actually getting into the uh, the house, which needs a pretty extensive remodel. Uh, luckily, as uh, one of our friends says, the house has good bones, but it does need um, a, a pretty thorough update. It was built in 1953, and I'm pretty sure that the kitchen hasn't been updated since 1953. Uh, so anyway, so we're uh, as we've um, as I've mentioned on Facebook and Twitter, we probably won't be starting the blog um, up anytime soon because I just don't think we're going to have the time. Um, also, Katie and I found out that we are going to have a little girl. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, super excited. We clearly found out we were having a kid before we found out we were having a girl, but we were able to find out a couple <laughs> weeks ago that it was a girl, and so uh, we're really excited. We'll add a um, a little girl to our uh, son, Bran, and then we can happily call it quits with two children. We won't be outnumbered, <laughs> and we'll have our boy and our girl. So anyway, so between that... Well, but- um, name have you decided on that yet uh i think we're down to two names yeah Uh, we've got eliza jane or uh, beatrice opal and we'll call her betty opal okay and so uh yeah katie likes that old i guess it goes with our 1950s house we'll have a 1950s (laughs) name for our child so yeah so we're really excited uh, about adding on to the family so but like i said because of that um unless we were going to have chris take over like the blog and i think chris is busy enough with yeah i think chris is busy enough in his own life as well um so uh yeah we're going to um, hopefully um, we'll maybe be able to get Casey back on again at some point here in the future too. I know mm-hmm. his uh, work was just his schedule changed before, so that was why we hadn't seen him for a while. Yep. Uh, Barry, uh, he is on summer vacation right now from uh, his teaching, so he's probably going to be on um, a little bit less now. And then once fall and spring come back on, then yeah. when he's already over here, you know he'll already kick in. But he yeah. moved too not right. too long ago, so you he know did. he's much closer. Yeah, I think we're really only about. 10, 15 minutes away now from each yep. other if we on a straight shot. So, yeah, so hopefully we'll just uh, carry on. Um, Eric, who was on one episode way back, uh, The Three-Body Problem, he has expressed interest in uh, coming on for an episode or two here and there as well once he uh, finally gets done listening to the audiobooks <laughs> of the Wheel of Time series. Uh, the other day, he messaged me and said he was on the last, starting the last one. So uh, that is that is an epic journey. Yeah, that started that epic journey started before we started the podcast in the first place, and it is finally <laughs> ending. Uh, he does have, I think, he just listens mostly on his way to and from work, right? Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, that's <laughs> that's quite the journey. At some point, I think we need to. Uh, to get have him on and we'll and we'll talk about like have the three of us talk about that uh that journey that he had you know yeah and because uh, Chris and I we've we've mentioned this in the past that that was where we started our love of uh, um, fantasy was with uh, the Wheel of Time series more or less more or less I mean there was there was you know ones before but that was certainly my first like massive you know trilogy that yeah and that's how we connected. Uh, <laughs> In our love of fantasy, yeah, yeah, especially uh, all three of us, you yeah, know, with uh, yeah, because that's kind of when we all met. That's what that that was the big one at the time. Yeah, that when we weren't drinking ourselves senseless, we were reading <laughs> the Wheel of Time occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so um, sometimes both, sometimes both, yes. But anyways, so um, that is the uh, the intro, I guess, or that's sorry. That's what we've been uh, doing for the last couple months, and uh, we're excited to get going again. So now that we have gotten all of that out of the way, we are excited to be back, and let me give you the usual spiel before we get started. You can reach us at nerdbookreview at gmail.com, on Twitter with the handle nerdbookreview, on our Facebook page, nerdbookreview. You get the message there. If you enjoy us and have been listening throughout, 
uh, we really appreciate it. And you can leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us. Uh, That would be absolutely wonderful. We are excited to be back and look forward to uh, continuing things on. Uh, I'm not sure what will be airing next week for sure. Uh, We have several episodes that are recorded um, from before we took a little break. None of them are are pressing uh, where they need to be out uh, soon because it matters with, uh, uh, you know, their new release book. So uh, once I figure out what our recording schedule is going to be like and whether we have a, uh, a brand new book to, that'll be recorded already or not, we'll let you know. Uh, we are going to be recording Gray Bastards next Sunday, but I think that will be a little bit quick to get the episode out as well. So once again, thank you very much, and let's get to the book review. Hi, I'm Cam. And I'm Katie. And I'm Danny. <laughs> and this is the Nerdbook Review. Today, you can hear that we have a guest, uh, Danny, from Book Geeks Uncompromised. And we are going to be reviewing Jade City by Fonda Lee. Danny, how are you tonight? I am wonderful. Forgot my line there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So, um, Danny, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? I know you were on the special, but that was just a quick little deal for the intro. Yeah, well, I am Cam and Katie's competitor, basically. We uh, we talk about fantasy and science fiction books as well. We review them. Uh, we also talk about news and what's going on in the world of fantasy and science fiction, what's coming out, what's, uh, what's happening, what scandals there are. There aren't very many. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's it. My, I co-host with my brother, Greg, and we meet up every week for that. Uh, we've been doing some interviews lately, which we're really excited about as well. Oh yeah, I'm super excited to listen to your episode uh, with your uh, with Nick Eames. Is that okay to, to say? Yeah, yeah. I was just waiting until we actually had the interview in hand. I didn't want to be the fool <laughs> that gushed about, oh, I'm so excited, and then you know something fell through and it didn't happen. But now I have it on a flash drive. It, it's <laughs> fine now. Yes, I can talk about it. He was wonderful, and I'm really excited for that episode. That is awesome. Yeah, I am super, super jealous. Uh, as far as I'm aware, we also have planned to interview him, but we're going to wait till after that second book comes out. So I have till about August, I think, at this point now, huh? Yeah, I think August 28th. Yeah. So. For Bloody Rose, yes. Yeah. Katie and I's next one uh, looks like right now, tentatively, the third week of May, we're interviewing Deborah Wolf. And oh, I bet I'm, you're excited. Yeah, I am super excited uh, about yeah. that one. That'll be fun. I haven't read any of her work, but I know you guys have spoken so highly about it that I need to. Yeah, oh, it's great. Yeah. Well, and if it'll make you feel more at home, we can talk about news, uh, sci-fi news. Today, I saw a uh, ad for uh, or what is it, Avengers: Infinity War themed sex toys. Is that news? I need. To, I'm gonna have to look that up after. Yeah. The the Hulk themed one was slightly frightening <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh. i hope you don't mind if i steal that this week no oh, go, do to it. T- go to town <laughs> go to town <laughs> i think it was it was like pleasure war or something i think is what they call it <laughs> oh man that's I mean, bound to be bad just based on what it is it's bound to be bad uh-huh <laughs> so uh Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Jade City by Fonda Lee. Um, the book is 512 hardcover pages long, and it was published in November of 2017. It is the first book in the Greenbones saga. Uh, Fonda Lee has a couple of sci-fi series out there already. I read in her bio that she has a black belt in, mar- just said in martial arts, so I'm not quite <laughs> sure which one, but that does, uh, that is relevant to this series, as you will hear when we get into it. Well, I don't yeah, know how many do belts. Most of them, I thought. Oh. No, I don't know. I, don't know. I have to I don't admit. Know if, like, kickboxing does, but I think, like, a lot of the actual classes of martial arts, I guess, are the different disciplines. I'm pretty sure they do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know like at least like karate and taekwondo and a few others like that. I'm sh- I'm yeah. sure do so. Yeah. Pro- yeah. 
Danny, would you be so kind as to read the Goodreads blurb? I would be delighted to. Magical Jade, mined, traded, stolen, and killed for, is the lifeblood of the island of Kikon. That is how you pronounce it, right? You did the audiobook, yeah, right? that is okay, correct. Okay, cool. Awesome. For centuries, honorable Greenbone warriors like the Call family have used it to enhance their abilities and defend the island from foreign invasion. Now the war is over and a new generation of Calls vies for control of Kikon's bustling capital city. They care about nothing but protecting their own, cornering the Jade Market, and defending the districts under their protection. Ancient tradition has little place in this rapidly changing nation when a powerful new drug emerges that lets anyone even foreigners wield the jade the simmering tension between the calls and the rival eight family erupts into open violence the outcome of this clan war will determine the fate of all green bones from their grandest patriarch to the lowliest motorcycle runner on the streets and of Kikon itself jade city begins an epic tale of family honor and those who live and die by the ancient laws of jade and blood well done. Uh, that involved far less cursing than when Katie reads it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I fumbled over some of those, but that's the, uh, the the problem with reading rather than listening. Yeah. No, it's pretty good, though. Uh, I, as usual, I do a quick uh, one to two sentence uh, take of my own. Um, a tale about a rift between two powerful families who run the island of Kikon with their magical warriors. I mean, yeah. About right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I attempted to write my own, and all I could come up with mo- was a mafia family war with only with special rocks that give the user superpowers. <laughs> Fair enough. That works as well. It's like superhero Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Danny, I will go ahead and give you the uh, first uh, shot at telling, talking about your thoughts on the book. Just in general, yeah, uh, just, it doesn't have to be like specifically what I what I have written down on the outline. I just wanted to, I just have those on there so that I make sure I at least talk about those. But you can talk about anything you'd like. Oh man, on the spot. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, just really broadly, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It's very different from so much fantasy that's out there. I felt like it really stands apart just in terms of world building, even like it, it doesn't even try to do anything that anybody else has done. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the world building a little bit later on, but just the sort of very Asian, um, it it almost made me think of Japan coming out of isolation only like a century later because there were cars and there were telephones, but no cell phones or anything like that. So I, I had a really hard time kind of pinning down uh, maybe the inspiration for, but that's kind of what I was getting out of it. Um, and then just the whole mafia family thing, those kind of stories don't usually interest me too much, but they very much did here. And part of that was the family dynamics, uh, especially in the call family. And Katie, what did you think? Uh, I agree with a lot of that. And it took me a while to kind of, it slowly discussed the technology they had. And so at first I thought maybe it's like forties. Then it's like, Oh, a new color TV. That's like brand new. But then like what the weapons and the technology as they're going around and like, it's obviously newer than that, like more recent than that in technology wise. So it took me some time to kind of figure that out. But I also definitely pictured it as Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and you know, though, I actually considered that not being able to tell exactly, you know, where we were time period wise as a as a really positive, it left that a little bit of a vagueness that allowed her to really create her own world. Like I felt felt like there were some things that seemed like technology wise, they might, yeah, like be into the 40s, but then also maybe as late as the 80s for some of it. Um, I know there wasn't any like true computers, so we're probably talking more like 60s or 70s, but I, I felt like that was a actually a strength of the book, not being able to tell exactly what the technology was. It kind of allowed her to continue to, to have her own, put her own stamp on the world. Well, and I felt like the other nations that, uh, I've, I'm completely forgetting their names, but Kikon's been isolated for s- several centuries, I believe. So I felt, it seemed like those other countries were, more technologically advanced. So Kikon was just kind of slowly getting those. Um, yeah. Not even slowly, but kind of being bombarded with them because they were so far behind. So that was kind of part of why it was hard to pin down um, what kind of time period we were looking at. 
Yeah, that's true. I I, I thought about that <laughs> just after I got done saying what I was saying. They were like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, that, uh, that isolation that had happened before. Well, and it could be almost something like Cuba style where they get some things and they have like, because they talk about their cars a lot, but they never really describe them. They're just mm-hmm. nice cars. So who knows how like old they are or if they're brand new shipped over from what I imagine to be like England. Yeah. And so um, as Danny mentioned with the, the world building, I just felt like it was just such, it was done so well and there were no info dumps. I thought felt like the, especially like as they were talking about like family dynamics and clan dynamics, that was a, a, a really useful tool to, to do the world building and to, um, you know, talk about the jade and about the the history of the world without having like someone just sit down and actually and and say that to somebody. You know, mm-hmm. I like, got a, a little bit confused with it just because I guess there was a war a generation before the calls that are in charge, a generation or two before that. I I guess I kind of got a little bit confused on what that was about. Was that about bringing Keycon out of isolation or? Uh, No, I think they had been basically under the rule of another country. Yeah. Okay. And so they were fighting those people to get them, the occupiers out. Okay. And so, and the occupiers had basically um, outlawed the green bones or whatever. Yeah. So they were kind of in hiding and being helped by the lantern men. Right. Okay. Normal people. That makes sense. Yeah, I think the empire was called Shatar or Shitar. Shatar is, I I think, how I how it was pronounced. But it wasn't like a big uh, a big portion of it, like in in the current day stuff. But it it kind of set how the clans were their structure, the. Um, how they were formed how they were formed with like the the lantern men were the people that during the war who actually legitimately helped them out and now their clients is kind of like the the role that they've taken on since then they're clients but they're like subsidiaries also they they pay for kind of protection and for the patronage and yep. kind of help economically yep and, and that, oh go ahead that war kind of uh, set up the tensions as well between the mountain clan and the no no peak clan as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they had the, um, initially they were, uh, best friends and then it ended up being a rift that, so now we have two, uh, two clans that have basically, uh, split up the Island of Kikon. So let's talk about why these clans are important though. And where we get the, the title Jade city, um, Danny or Katie, either one of you. I'll pass this one on, on to Katie. Uh, I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, what is <laughs> how? Why is Jade important, and why is Jade specifically on Keycon important? Well, the I think that it says that there is other Jade. Yep, but, but it, this is the Jade that they mine there, and there's a whole spiritual like story behind why people think it is. But it gives them special powers, and some people fr- from other nationalities, basically everyone. Um, isn't affected by it the same way. And, but the Kikanese uh, gets, basically they get special powers and the more they have, the more they get the special powers, but they have to train and build up their resistance to it. So it doesn't essentially make them go crazy and like meth's head. Yeah, basically it did sound <laughs> like, uh, like the uh, side effects were uh, from people that had, that were uh, addicted to meth mm-hmm. with the scratches and things. So yeah, the Jade... You, they would wear it, and but only the the Kikanese, who are actually a hybrid between the um, uh, natives on the island and a uh, another group of people who migrated there. Um, oh, I thought they were the natives. Nope, they're oh. not the natives. The natives are not affected oh, at they're all. The ones, yeah, okay. By the jade, so they they're used basically they're treated as second class citizens, but they're used to mine the jade because they can touch it and not go crazy. So the jade basically gives them like legitimate superpowers. So kind of think like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, like level uh, fighters. They use swords and knives mostly. Um, they even have the ability to like to make uh, shields kind of that are of uh, basically just energy or. Yeah, like a sonic type field. of a, yeah, <laughs> that'll stop bullets and things like that. So most uh, so even guns aren't uh, exactly an equalizer. 
Yeah, I felt like the, you know, the the meth head, quote unquote, side effects, there were a good balance for the magic system, because it was so simplistic, you have the jade, it gives you these powers, some are better at some aspects of it than others, but it's still pretty straightforward. Um, so the very simple counter to that, like, the, not not counter necessarily, but the balance to it, I felt like uh, it, it worked really well. Yeah, so basically, anyone can be susceptible to it, if you have too much or you're not trained for it yeah yeah you do need to trade or train sorry not trade train for um from the time you're a uh, child to really be able to use it without having any trouble there is a drug that has just been created relatively recently that is helping some of the uh, the non-kikanese uh train with jade and not have the side effects but it's not exactly a perfect uh um solution and but it's one thing that is actually keeping the um the island uh free at this point is that everyone else wants to be able to make like their special forces be able to use jade mm-hmm. and uh these clans kind of they control the the jade trade still um let's go ahead and talk about uh the families then because this book is really all about um both inter and intra family relations both um danny mentioned the the no peak and the mountain clans and the the family that's kind of going to be our main family that that'll be the main characters are the mountain clan is no the no peak yeah no. <laughs> wow I'm, I'm just going right to town mountain <laughs> clan is bad guys yeah the mountain clan is the bad guys and the No Peak clan is who we're going to be dealing with. We're going to have uh, two brothers and a sister. Uh, Lon, he is the um, head of the family. He's the oldest brother. Um, and then Hilo is the... Uh, he's basically the enforcer. The horn is what he's called, but he's the enforcer. And then Shay is going to be... She's the younger sister, and she's kind of tried to distance herself from the family. Um, and there's also the cousin Andon. Oh yeah, I forgot he is our other one. And um, Andon's a little bit unique though, and he's going to kind of be a good, uh, I think, character to show the dangers of Jade, even for trained users. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of his backstory, especially. Yeah, and um, so I guess Andon's—he's not technically uh, a family; he's uh, a cousin. They call him, but. His mother was famous for being one of the most powerful jade users. And um, at a pretty young age, she went crazy. And so did, I think, his dad or maybe her brother. There were just lots of their family is known for being super powerful jade users, but also going crazy at a young age. Yep. So, um, Katie or Danny, either one of you want to talk about both Lon and uh, Hilo? I would love to. I actually really liked their dynamic. Like Hilo on his own, um, he was a little bit much with his very quickness to anger, but I really liked his in-laws dynamic. And I, I feel like it's really overplayed the younger brother coveting the power that the older brother has. And they don't have that here. Like Hilo definitely does not want Lon's position. He, He wants nothing to do with it. And so he's just there to support his brother and support the family. So I really enjoyed their dynamic. I really liked that too. And he had that with, even with Shay and Andon, he just wants his family together and he wants them to all basically do what they do best. Yeah. Like Hila was a very flawed character, but I liked him for his place in the clan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lon is, uh, you know, his problem is even though he's running the clan is that he is taking over from his grandfather who, you know, was the start and who is this great war hero who is not going graciously into old age. He's, I mean, he's certainly slipping, but he's not doing it with a, a gracefulness as he ages. And Lon, um, they talk about this a lot, that like he would make a great peacetime. Um, what was the, the title again? A pillar. Pillar, sorry. He, uh, the, the great pillar. But he's going to be, he's really going to struggle. But like you said, Hilo is... All he ever wants to do is make that easier for Lon, make make Lon's job easier. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about Shay. Shay is my least favorite character. Um, 
And it's because of one reason, and I have gone off on a rant on this to Katie already and on Twitter, and <laughs> that Shay basically rebels and doesn't want to do have anything to do with her powerful clan family. But she takes the money. I mean, she goes and has, you know, she has all the privileges of being a, uh, a member of the No Peak uh, ruling family. But she doesn't really want anything to do with the family. And, I mean, you know, she had that money to be able to go and be one of the very few uh, Kikanese who's able to travel and uh, go to university, at like the premier university in the world. And she has had all these privileges, but she just doesn't want to be part of the family. And that's kind of like a, a, a trope that I dislike for a lot of reasons. But a lot of them will be like the prince who doesn't want to be the king or the princess who doesn't want to marry a lord and ends up getting thousands of peasants massacred because they won't take part in the family. And she might not go quite that far, but I still just didn't like her because of that. Yeah, well, and she was really headstrong in that when, like, oh, her grandpa doesn't like the boy she's dating, uh, she's just going to move to, like, a different country with him and go to college. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. Now, what did you think of Shay, Danny? I don't know if I necessarily disliked her. Um, I had honestly hadn't even thought about her being the, the trope character, the archetypal character of prince or princess that doesn't want to be what they're supposed to be, doesn't want to marry the guy or doesn't want to be the king. But I will say that I think she was the least developed character for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of funny, too, with a female author for that being the case. I don't know yeah. if uh, maybe that's uh, just a sign you know, <laughs> that uh, she had that she was kind of the added character. I don't know. Yeah, I felt like her place in the story was the most ambiguous as well. Yeah. Like, and you know where Lon is, is going to be. You know you know where he is. You know where Hilo is. You even kind of know where Andon is a little bit. His place is, um, he has a, a less major role or more minor role, but uh, you still know him. Shay's just kind of all over the place with her wishy-washy. Well, I'm back, but I'm not. But I oh. am, but I'll help out if I absolutely have to. And, and I enjoy it when I help out, but like, I also don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> like. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, you know, we do have like a few uh, uh, POV care, like sections from um, people in the mountain clan. But for the most part, they're pretty well shown as the bad guys. They're definitely the aggressors in the, uh, you know, coming troubles. And, uh, but I mean, you know, it's not like, Either side is exactly uh, blameless. Hilo has done his fair share of goading the Mountain Clan as well. For sure. For sure. Um, let's see. So we talked a little bit about the Kals and, the, uh, and their rival family and a little bit about the world building with the, uh, the Jade Warriors. I guess they're not technically called Jade, War- Jade Warriors. Green they bones. are Green Bones. They are Green Bones. Yep. <laughs> Um, but what Same. else did you guys have um, want to talk about like specifically with the storyline of uh, of Jade City before we get into talking about like you know what we really liked or disliked about the book well I'll, I'll say the um, I liked the fight scenes a lot when there were fight scenes um, like the beginning opens up with this big scene that just really I thought was going to set the pace was told to be really fast paced um, lots of action but then after that scene, it really kind of hits the brakes and slows down a lot. But and so it was a little jarring. But then I really got into the politics of the story as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did actually. That's I think it's funny because I think at one point I was talking to you on uh, Facebook where you're like, you know, it's kind of slowed down a little bit. And I was sitting there thinking like, oh man, I am so into the politics of what's <laughs> going on that I don't care yeah. that it slowed down. <laughs> it took me a little bit to readjust just because of how the beginning started, but I did eventually adjust. Yeah. Um, and then um, I, I will say, um, Danny, you mentioned this before too, that, that there's a couple of things that happen that I feel like needed to happen. And well, without getting into any more detail than that, I think if they hadn't happened, it would have been a cop out. And since they did happen, yes, I'm being so uh, helpful with this little statement. Okay. 
that uh, um, the book did what it needed to do. Yeah, it. Uh, this event was very heavily foreshadowed, I felt. And when it eventually came to pass, I, I felt like in many stories, in a similar position, um, authors or even screenwriters in television shows would have, like you said, copped out and pulled back at the very last minute. And this one went all the way. And it was really a turning point in the story. So that was very satisfying. And just the fact that she went through with it, that she'd been threatening for a good portion of the book, um, it, it, made me, it made me so happy. I, and that's... <laughs> Really weird to say based on what that event is, yeah. <laughs> but I, I kind of fist pumped a little bit when it did, even though it, it was, uh, what's the adjective I want to use here without giving away any spoilers? Uh, well, I think your first shout out is moment, pretty emotional. Uh, moment. Yeah, I was. And I, like, I was sad that it happened, but it needed to happen for yeah. the story. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So now that we have uh, tiptoed around that, that uh, all three of us agree that the event that happened because it happened really made the book for for all of us in this uh <laughs> i feel like a terrible person for that yeah but me, me too not, but... not I, don't, I don't i don't really have any regrets yeah. yeah yep fair enough so now we will get into our uh recommendation phase i know we've already been doing that a little bit but the whole did we like it how did it make us feel and all that good uh fun stuff danny what'd you think I mean, like, like I've said, I am not usually into the uh, whole mafia family war stories. Those just don't usually interest me. But this one very did. I very much did. I don't know if it was uh, maybe the setting or, you know, the fact that it was a fantasy mafia war. Um, but I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm, I want the next one. Like I'm once a week scanning Goodreads waiting for a release date for book two. Oh, yeah. Katie, what about yourself? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's, I mean, similarly, I don't normally, I mean, here and there, I'll watch like a mafia movie, but I felt like it was so different from like an American mafia story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that for me, just everything she did, I was, I was impressed with. I mean, from like the way the world building happened and that. I think one thing that I liked, and maybe this is something that uh, a lot of times doesn't happen in the urban fantasy, because I guess technically this would be urban fantasy. I don't... I don't know. His, I, like, yeah, whatever. But usually you'll have, like, one person who's being brought into the scenario who doesn't know what's going on. But in this case, everybody, all of the characters knew what was happening and it wasn't like you, ne- you. There was no point where someone had to just be like completely given an info dump so that they were brought up to speed. I feel like she was able to put things or like able to to slowly reveal the world in a way that never felt forced to me because everyone involved knew what was going on. Well, and I also very much feel like she's one of those authors that lets the characters drive the story some, like. You know, and I'm, I'm speaking, I guess, specifically about a decision that Andon makes at the very end of the book. I, obviously, I'm not going to say anything about what it is, but it's kind of a last minute decision. And it, it's kind of minor, I think, with bigger reper- repercussions down the road. Yeah. But I respected him a lot more for it. And I don't know if we'd have seen that if she didn't let the characters make their own decisions. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think that's one thing that... Uh... I'm going to steal from you if I ever actually manage to get her on the podcast. I'm going to ask that question. Just letting you know, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stole Katie's news story. I suppose you can steal my question. <laughs> that's okay. I read it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, that's a good question. Like, I, I want, you know, I would like to see that if um, if we could ask her, you know, if, if either of us ever managed to get her on the podcast, that um, if she does just let her characters go because you hear that sometimes from authors where they say yeah i did not expect my character to do that and you wonder if if she had that that in mind already or if maybe it just if things just unfolded right exactly i think it's usually kind of obvious when you can see the author's hand manipulating events that 
maybe isn't totally natural for the characters. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like the character, like I said, it, I loved all of the characters but Shay. And, and Shay, like I said, is just, it's a weird personal pet peeve that I have that, I don't know, I just, I hate, I, I, have, a tr- I have trouble, like, even if they're supposed to be the protagonist, like really rooting for someone, I'm like, oh, you didn't want to marry this prince? Oh, that's too bad that now things are terrible for you because the peasants are getting raped and murdered by the dozens as the angry groom is wiping out your lands. Poor you. Yep. Anyways, sorry. That's my one. <laughs> once more, I had to get my rant in. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the thing is, like, is the, especially like, like on the how did it make me feel part, is that I just, I felt like it was such a complete world without needing to do like things are so similar to our own world but different enough that i just felt i didn't have a i didn't have trouble imagining the world and i didn't i didn't even really feel like i needed to compare it to anything like oh this Mm -hmm. this shouldn't have been this way kind of thing you know that never that never entered my mind Mm -hmm. katie what do you how did how did you feel (laughs) i enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all righty danny yourself how did it make you feel you feel uh I, i've been thinking about that all i can think is just immensely satisfied that like we've said some things unfolded the way that they did um just every plot twist and every development i i was just really satisfied with where this story was going and also i like how it's I mean, it's obviously it's the first part of the uh, of the Greenbone saga, but I feel like enough stuff was wrapped up on it, like for a single story, while also having. I mean, there's no reason that you would wouldn't want to read the second one if you liked the first book. Then obviously you're going to want to read the second one. But I feel like if you are the kind of person that just kind of liked the book, then the story is wrapped up enough that you can be satisfied with that while still there being, you know, a ton of narrative arcs that are being opened up for book two. Yeah. Maybe one of those that the first book can stand alone. Okay. But books after that, um, maybe a little bit more tightly woven together where you, they, they go more into a series. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think that, uh, I, I have think it'd be tough for them to to do a book two that you could read without book one but i do feel like this one if that's the kind of thing that that you have an issue with you know that you could the only thing i guess i have and we've we've kind of touched on this a little bit was that we saw a lot of the developments coming it seems like uh, all three of us kind of saw where things were going throughout the whole thing um so it was a little predictable in that sense but the storytelling and the writing was strong enough that that didn't matter Oh yeah, I think that's a that's a super important thing to to talk about. Actually, is that I mean there were there obviously are some surprises and some twists and turns, but a lot of the stuff it wasn't hard to figure out what was going to happen. But that didn't matter at all because of how good the storytelling was. This wasn't trying to be to just completely trick you. You know, I mean, obviously things happen that you don't expect, but I think that most people could reasonably figure out at least the general story arc of what was going to happen. But it didn't matter at all that you could. Well, and it wasn't necessarily that it was predictable. There were some events you thought would happen. They just didn't necessarily happen the way you thought they would either. Yeah, it was like there's a, a, they figure out that there's a traitor in the no peak clan. So there's okay, well, who's that? And it was, I mean, it was kind of narrowed down pretty quickly as to who it could be. Mm-hmm. I felt like so it, even knowing kind of where it was going, the enjoyment that I got out of it was watching that unfold. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what's funny too is, is that, I mean, I guess, like I said, I, well, actually, here's what I did. So I had the book and then I had a bunch of extra audio um, credits from Audible that I hadn't used. And so... um I decided that I was going to listen to part of it because I was just getting a little bit behind in my reading. And I have been on a little bit of a reading slump lately where it's hard for me to make myself read. And so I just got, I had like three extra Audible credits. So I bought this with one of them. And I sat down or I listened to the first 60% 
and then Katie was out of town, and I sat down to read. Um, I was just going to read three chapters just to get a feel for the actual like writing itself. I read the final two hundred pages in one sitting. I stayed up late. Um, I had Bran with me even, so and I was by myself, so I had to you know watch him. But I just after he went to sleep, I just stayed up and read until I finished the last two hundred pages of the book in one sitting. So um, I loved both the audiobook and the uh, the actual writing itself. And you vacuumed that night. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> oh yeah, super productive. Yeah, I got it, and I had to say this. So <laughs> I clean the entire upstairs. <laughs> like massively everything's picked up katie gets home at like i mean admittedly it's like almost one o'clock in the morning from um um and drops her suitcase on the bedroom floor let just opens it up takes a bunch of stuff out and leaves it it sat on the floor with all of that stuff until brand's birthday party a full week later okay there were only like three things left in the suitcase at that point. The rest around it was mostly brands laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't think by the time that we got up in the morning, you could even tell that I had been so nice as to clean the floor. Well, you could tell in the loft. <laughs> I, have, I have hardwood floors for, through most of my house and that's just how it goes. Like I, I can sweep and mop and oh, it looks so perfect until one person walks over it. Clean feet or no. Doesn't matter. <laughs> One person walks over it and it's it's toast. Oh man! All right, that's I've gotten my domestic rant in for the day, so <laughs> I am happy. <laughs> so, uh, Danny, would you recommend this novel to other people? I think uh, it's probably pretty obvious, but I still got to yeah. say it. Yeah, no, I absolutely would, um, especially if you're looking for something a little bit different in fantasy. Um, this is definitely something to look to. Um, 100%. Yeah, and I think that uh, this is another one where we're going to get into um, kind of like uh, Josiah Bancroft with... Uh, um, it's Josiah. Sorry, Josiah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And he he's did, not Canadian. He's not Canadian. <laughs> he is definitely from Philly, as he uh, told us after I got done with the episode that uh, Danny totally sold me out on. Hey. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Before we did our review of that book, uh, we were discussing whether that was the cor- correct pronunciation or not. So Greg pulled up, uh, what is it, Google Translate or something and made it say it out loud. So we're like, okay, I guess that's what we're going with. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then I listened to your episode and then like three days later we record. And then uh, I'm like, Josiah, I think he's from Canada. He quickly, after listening to the episode, said, oh, yeah, no, uh, it's Josiah, and I'm from Philly. I'm like, oh, well, at least he's nice about it, but (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so, um, but just like his book, though, that, uh, like Sendlon and Sends, that this is the book, a kind of a book that a wide range of people would like, I think. Like, I would be able to tell my friends that... Um, if you like urban fantasy, if you're not even a fantasy person, but you like, you know, a little bit of like crime or, you know, whatever. Like, I think that a huge this this is the kind of uh, book, too, that would would convert really well to like HBO or something like that. Maybe Netflix. Yeah, because the magic aspects are there, but they're not the point. Nope. And, they're and they pr- also wouldn't require a lot of uh, CGI. So no. It'd be cheap. No, they really wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was, I don't know, I just, I really liked it. Um, Danny, I know you guys do a 10, star, uh, uh, out of 10, so if you want to uh, continue on with that, that's fine. But how would you rate it, like, on a on your star system? I think on ours, I did a 9 out of 10, so I can do the math of 4.5 out of 5. Okay, Katie? Uh, 4, 4.5. For me, I'm going to, this is going to get my, uh, that 5 plus I have, where, like, to me... I, like I said, if I sat down and read 200 pages in a night that I was also doing other stuff, like that's pretty, I I mean, I just flew through. I stayed up till like just, I don't know, probably midnight. You got home at like 1240 or so and I hadn't, I'd been awake, you know, asleep for just a little while. So yeah, so it was, uh, I, I just absolutely loved this book. It's going to be a really hard for this not to end up being like my, my top three or four books for the year, I imagine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, on the main audience and who should and shouldn't read it, um, I don't think that 
I mean, you're pro- like early teens on, right? Is there, I don't think there isn't a lot of, I mean, there's. Well, there's a decent amount of like death and there a little also bit of sex. There, there's Not one. Not like graphic. No, there's, yeah. there is. But I still. I mean, oh, prostitutes kind of. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Maybe mid teens on would yeah. be uh, appropriate age wise to. Uh, yeah. 16. Yep. Yeah. Um, probably not too much younger than that. Um, like the whole prostitution, there's not, I don't, I don't recall any like graphic sex scenes. No, it was just kind of thing. Kind of like, enter, like an entertainer that like was a singer, but then also like did the sexy yeah. times. Hilo yeah. has one um, with his, uh, oh yeah. Fiance, I, I guess, girlfriend that, uh, that is a little bit, but um, actually, and she's a character that I hope gets a lot more uh, book time. In yeah, I really liked her. Yeah. She's like the equivalent of a squib. Yeah. yeah, she is one of those rare Kikanese who cannot use jade at all, and so that's obviously, as you can imagine, um, not exactly ideal to be, especially part of a one of the clans who's the family who traditionally can use jade. Um, if you can't even uh, sense it, then you're clearly not going to be able to be uh, quite on par with most people. But she uses um, uh, her other uh, abilities and looks to me like she's going to be a, a very formidable character moving forward. Yeah, they really set her up to play a much bigger role. Yeah, and I liked her quite a bit, too. Yeah, I did. I did. Well, Danny, uh, do you have any uh, closing thoughts or anything you'd like to say to uh, the listeners out there? I think I have said everything that I have written down in my notes. <laughs> I, think I have. You people in your notes. <laughs> Katie just rolls in and is like, hey, did you print a copy of the notes out for me? I haven't looked at them or anything like that. So, <laughs> But uh, I would ramble on and on as I do in our daily conversations <laughs> without uh, my notes. Well, Danny, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I look forward to uh, sometime this summer. Did we decide around June? Is that what we decided? Yeah, I think so. We need to set a firmer date for that, but yeah. Okay, and what book is it again that we're doing again? It is Flex by Ferret Steinmetz. All righty. So I look forward to uh, doing that, and I am so happy that we were able to have you on. Uh, we will have to have you guys on, maybe both of you on in the future. If you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> and if someone uh, would make time for us. I know. <laughs> what a loser with his job and everything. Ugh, I know. How I don't let he. my job get in the way. <laughs> don't you? I mean, not regularly. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, thanks again, Danny, for coming on. And uh, by the time this thing's done editing, we're we're gonna sound smooth. <laughs> Unpossible. Unpossible. All right. Well, Danny, you have a great evening. You too. All right, thanks. Bye.